You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. she, her, hers. I'm one of the pastors here at Forefront. Welcome. Happy New Year. It is great to see a packed house in the house today. Very encouraging. Praise God. And shout out to everyone joining us online. God bless you. So I have an interesting story to start my sermon out with. On Christmas Eve, which was freezing here on the Northeast, I decided that I would go back to my roots. And I took a drive from Jersey City up to Teaneck, New Jersey, my hometown, to go to St. Anastasia's Roman Catholic Church. It's one of my former churches. I used to go to school there from kindergarten to eighth grade. And I decided that I wanted to be able to connect with the place where I spent so much time during my formative years. I wanted to see the architecture. I wanted to smell the incense. I wanted to see those colorful, flickering prayer candles. I wanted to see the Stations of the Cross. I wanted to take in those stained glass windows. I I was searching for something, something to connect with from my past. It was also a time to pay tribute to my mother who had passed away one month prior. In my own way, I wanted to be able to express gratitude to her for exposing us to God and faith and Christianity at such a young age. I didn't want to take it for granted, and I wanted to be able to press in to my past. Well, I was reflecting on a bunch of things. Who was I back then? How did I see God through the eyes of my youth? What were my wants? What were my needs during that time? Did I really tell my mom that I would much rather go to the Catholic Church because their service was one hour, as opposed to going into Harlem to our other family church where the service was three hours? (laughs) And I sat there and I reminisced and I told Todd, and he's heard it for the umpteenth time, you know I was christened Catholic, right? And I'm whispering during this pre-mass concert, and I'm like, and I had my first communion here, Todd, and guess what? I had penance, and that's where we confessed our transgressions to the priest. It was right back there, and I'm, and I'm pointing to him, and he's like, okay, and I'm sure the people around us are like, what is this woman whispering about? And Todd's like, did you really confess anything to the priest? And I'm like, well, yeah, I remember telling him that I hit my sister Faith one time, <laughs> and he's like, oh my gosh. And then I said, Todd, in this church is where I had my confirmation. And it was where we received a touch from the Holy Spirit. And I remember that day we had on these beautiful red sashes and they had a dove on them and it symbolized the Holy Spirit coming upon you. And we got to take on a different name and I chose the name of Lucy. 
my mother. And in that church, in the eighth grade, Marco Matarazzi and I said the eighth grade graduation speech. And I had such a crush on Marco back in the day. So yeah, lots of memories flooding my mind, lots of memories. And let's be clear, it would be re very remiss of me, particularly in light of the passing of Pope Benedict, not to mention that the Catholic Church has had many, many issues. And they have admitted being responsible for egregious offenses through decades. So I was thinking about that and then thinking about all of my experiences that I had and how there was a bit of a struggle because while it has a bad reputation, I, I didn't want to disconnect myself from what I experienced as a young person. I wanted to be able to connect with my spiritual markers that serve as the foundation of my faith. In fact, those things are what led me, I believe, essentially, to where I am today. But has anyone ever had this experience where you have to go back in your own history and capture the good, the bad, the ugly, to give you more clarity on where you've been, where you are, and where you are going? Has anyone ever been in this place of searching, of seeking? I know I have. And the start of the new year might be an ideal time to be able to seek and to be able to reflect on those things. In today's story, we find individuals who studied the stars. Scripture refers to them as magi. Sometimes we'll hear them being referred to as wise men or kings. Sometimes we hear three. Scholars say that they were probably more than three. But to suffice it to say, all around the world, a couple of days ago, many faith traditions, including the Catholic Church, celebrated Epiphany. And th this was the time that these wise individuals came to see Jesus. And they came from the east to Jerusalem seeking Jesus, who was God revealed in the flesh, the Christ child, who at this time was somewhere between the ages of a month and a half and two years old. And they saw his star when it came up in the east, and it eventually led to Mary, Joseph, and to Jesus. And when they found him, they worshipped him. And as part of their worship, they presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And this all occurred in the town of Bethlehem. And while the Magi were so overjoyed to be able to see Jesus, to behold God in the flesh, who they refer to as the king of the Jews, we have a sitting Roman king, King Herod, who learned about the arrival of Jesus. And scripture tells us that he was disturbed. What does this mean? for his power, I can imagine him thinking, for his throne. Would he be dethroned? So King Herod wanted the Magi to report back to him as to where Jesus was. 
And he told them, let me know when you find him because I too would like to worship him. So it's interesting that this king who was so disturbed over Jesus' birth would want to worship. That, that sounds like a disturbed worship to me, which essentially isn't really worship now, is it? So let's look at Matthew 2 and 12, which says, Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. So they did not go back to King Herod. So let's continue with the verses in our story today. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. So this story is quite interesting because it's revealing a number of things. There are several examples of people who are seeking. We have the Magi who are seeking the king of the Jews, the Messiah, the chosen one. And then we have King Herod seeking to kill Jesus. And then we have Joseph and Mary seeking safety for their child from the wrath of King Herod. And for many generations, the people of Israel had been seeking their long-promised king. Perhaps the religious leaders the chief priests and the teachers of the law were trying to seek an understanding of the turn of events and whether or not their promised Messiah had actually come. When Herod pulled them all together, asking where Jesus was to be born, they told him, we find in Matthew 2 and 6, in Bethlehem, in Judea, for this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Isn't this something? Bethlehem, a tiny town, somewhat in insignificant, not necessarily a place that had great rulers and great leaders coming from there. But they were assured, the prophet assured them that a ruler would in fact come out of Bethlehem who would lead and care for the people of Israel. Jesus was and is the fulfillment of prophecy. And we continue to seek him even in the most insignificant, even in the most complicated, and even in the most uncomfortable of spaces. Joseph was told to escape to Egypt to seek safety. He went seemingly willingly to a place of generational trauma where his ancestors had been enslaved, victimized, and dehumanized. 
However, the Holy Family found safety in this place of scars, in this place of the unknown. I could imagine how difficult it may have been to have been told to go back to Egypt. Let's look at this beautiful artwork from Lauren Wright Pittman. It's a beautiful depiction of the flight to Egypt. And we see Joseph leading Mary and Jesus out on a donkey with the angel of God enveloping them in a warm embrace, comforting them from the grief of leaving home and shielding them from the fear of what is to come. When I worked at the University of Connecticut, I decided to take advantage of a work perk. It was a tuition waiver benefit. And I had the opportunity to take a human oppression course in their school of social work. And during the first class, the professor shared something that really made me think. She said that over 90% of people in the US, in some way, shape, or form, in their lineage, have experienced some form of oppression. And I was like, wow. And everyone just sort of kind of, you know, looked. Everyone was a little stunned. And I was like wondering, really, over 90% of the US population somewhere in their lineage has experienced some form of oppression? It made me think. It made me think that more than likely, many of us in this room and many of us tuning in virtually have been touched by generational trauma. And sometimes there are family secrets that we know nothing about. And sometimes there are parts of our past that we've had to deny in order to assimilate, in order to fit in, in order to be connected to society so that we could progress in a way that is healthy and not feel oppression. So that caused me to think, and it made me think about how, even in the midst of all of that, we continue to search for God. We continue to search for meaning and new revelation and security in the most unlikely of circumstances within our past, back within our ancestors and all of they, that they experienced, which connects with where we are. When I celebrate the contributions of my ancestors and the pride of my African heritage and the resilience of my people, it gives me joy. And to be honest, I'm, I'm probably one of the first people singing along with James Brown, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. However, given the pride that I have, given the joy that I have, I am not divorced from the fact that there are many atrocities that my people experienced and continue to experience on a regular, daily basis, just for being black in this country. I think about the great work of author and academic and researcher, Dr. Joy DeGruy, and her book, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, America's Legacy of Enduring Injury and Healing and the many ways all of us are impacted by 
post-traumatic slave syndrome, or PTSS. And it's so important for us as a church to think about how we can continue to keep hope alive, how we can continue as a community, as a church family, to seek justice for those who are oppressed, justice for all people of color who continue to be dehumanized by acts of violence, justice for the poor who struggle to earn a living wage, justice for the queer community who can't live out their true identity, justice for those who've been abused and who are blamed and not believed, justice for the elderly who are seen as insignificant and disregarded and written off, justice for women who still earn less than men and who are still trying to tear down the patriarchy, justice for the unhoused who have no idea where they will lay their head today or tonight. Justice for those who are incarcerated, that they may be free from slavery. Oh, I said it. Slavery. Forefront has a wonderful opportunity, thanks to information from Pastor Angela, to strengthen its anti-racism work within the state of New York on Wednesday, February 1st in Albany, with the legal aid in New York City and an initiative called 13th Forward. It's a statewide coalition working to abolish slavery for all New Yorkers and end exploitation in New York's prisons. The campaign is advancing legislation that would add an abolition amendment to New York's constitution and ensure that incarcerated workers are guaranteed workers' rights and safety protections. You see, the prison slavery loophole is still in effect in the state of New York. The 13th Amendment ended child slavery, but with an insidious exception as a punishment for a crime. This loophole has allowed New York to build a prison system so dependent on human exploitation and degradation that it's akin to modern day slavery. Just last month, hold on to your seat, four states, including Alabama and including Tennessee, passed abolition amendments of their own closing the prison slavery loophole in their state constitutions. So where will you be on February 1st? I hope it's Albany. <sighs> There's so much work that we can do. And just like the Magi who went back home another way, just like the legal aid of New York City seeking to go back to the 13th Amendment and move forward with new legislation, just like me, who went back to my controversial Catholic church on Christmas Eve, and just like Joseph, who escaped with his family to Egypt, maybe we're all seeking to feel safe, to feel brave, to feel protected. In connection to her piece, to her artwork, The Flight to Egypt, Laura Wright Pittman writes these words. Our ancestors forged pathways 
that become a part of who we are. It's difficult to break those patterns even if you aren't clean, keenly aware of them. In this context, one of the most defining ancestral narratives of an Israelite's life would be the Exodus narrative. Joseph is advised to move in direct opposition to the way his ancestors moved. He must go toward Egypt instead of away. It takes great courage to consider the ingrained patterns of your history and blaze a new trail. Maybe in this first week of the new year, you've already had a dream, a premonition, a gut feeling that is directing you to blaze a new trail in your family, in your community, at work, even at church. I would highly encourage you to go for it, to push into it, whatever the Holy Spirit is laying on your heart. Maybe it's how you're handling a particular situation at work. Everyone wants you to do it one way, and you have a different way that you want to do it that would yield more favorable results. Maybe you want to expose your child to a particular topic or activity, and everyone is saying, oh, it's not time. They're too young. Maybe you're interacting with a particular person in an unhealthy manner, and it's time that you set clear boundaries. It's time to blaze a new trail. I have to be honest. As much as I was excited about going back to St. Anastasia's church on that freezing Christmas Eve, the whole experience was anticlimactic. It didn't cause me to feel all the feels that I thought I was going to experience. The church was remodeled. There were certain things that were moved around. It wasn't how I remembered it. I was not overwhelmed. However, going back still helped me to feel comforted by the memories of that church, of my mom, and it helped to affirm the new trails that I blazed in my Christian journey, which actually, once again, led me right here to Forefront. I believe that we are all here, no matter what we're looking back on, seeking a fresh perspective on the love, on the grace, and on the goodness of God. It's because you truly believe that the good news of Jesus is for everyone. And because you keep seeking, not to necessarily find all the answers, but to experience peace and to experience liberation in your yesterdays, in your todays, and in your forevermores. We will keep seeking from generation to generation to generation we will keep seeking. And the people of God said, amen, amen. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you and we praise you for this time of sharing. We thank you, God, for new revelation. We thank you for the epiphany. We thank you for God being revealed in the flesh. We pray that you would continue to help us to seek you in the most unlikely of places. We are so open and so ready in this new year to blaze new trails with your help and with your strength. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.